Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. It's straight out of Cobham, the Chelsea FC podcast from The Athletic. This is your weekly destination for the very best blues analysis from The Athletic's men in the know. Today, we're talking about, well, you know full well what we're talking about. Frank Lampard, no longer Chelsea head coach. We'll tell you why. Available for free wherever you get your podcasts and ad-free on The Athletic. This is straight out of Cobham. Hello listener, hope you're well. Matt Davis-Adams here with take two of this week's show. We just started our Monday morning record when news of Frank Lampard's impending departure broke. Handily, I've got the three chaps with me who've been at the forefront of this story over the last few weeks. They are Simon Johnson. Hello. Dominic Fifield. Hello. And from the world of confirmation biases, it's Liam Toomey. Hello. Hello. Uh, So the seemingly inevitable finally came to pass on Monday. Chelsea confirming the departure of Frank Lampard after a season and a half as Chelsea head coach. Uh, The Athletic's been on top of this story for some time. I'd encourage all our listeners to read the big breakdown of the big breakup. Uh, Simon's led the way on that one. It's a signature Athletic piece. Loads of detail you won't find anywhere else. Truly outstanding reporting. Uh, We know Lampard's a subscriber. If you'd like to be too, head to theathletic.com slash Chelsea pod and sign up for just £3.99 a month for the first six months. (laughs) Listen, we've got to drive these subs, Dom. That's the the key (laughs) thing here. Um, First impressions then, Dom, I'll let you go first. How did you how did you feel how did you react when uh, when you heard the news which you broke to the rest of us I'm I'm not sure reading Twitter is breaking news I've I've said that on another (laughs) podcast already today um how did I feel well look as you said there there was a sense of inevitability about it increasingly I think for me having witnessed that Leicester game firsthand last week that really was a bit of an eye-opener for me just to see it firsthand just to see how the team was struggling and and labouring as much as they were yes every team can have poor performances and I know people pointed that out when we 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 discussed it subsequently but they look rudderless in that match and it I think probably that was the final nail in in the coffin really but how did I feel when the news broke sad because Frank Lampard will always remain a an icon at, at Chelsea for his his playing days, and I, and I think that there were elements of he put good work in as a manager, not least with the bringing through the the academy kids and and establishing them in in the first team. He did a great job last season, but there is so there is a sense of sorrow that it's ended like this uh, quite prematurely. But uh, you know, but it's not a surprise. This is how Chelsea operate, going back all the way to to two thousand and seven. It's it's pretty much a two year, three year at most cycle with managers and. And that's what's happened again. As soon as they start, the team starts misfiring, and and Champions League football is jeopardised. Uh, the the board tends to act, and you know, a leopard never changes its spots. 
Um, Simon, like me, you've been covering Chelsea for, for a number of years, so this is not our first rodeo when it comes to, to managerial changes. But this one does feel more more seismic because of Lampard's status as, as a player. And that's something that's underlined by the fact that Roman Abramovich has, has effectively signed his P45 by putting his name to the statement which went on the Chelsea website, which I, I believe is a first. It is a first, yeah. And and, and I think that, that underlines... Um, not only, and, and he sort of says it himself in the statement, the, the relationship the two of them have. But I, I think Chelsea and Abramovich wanted to underline that the utter respect that Lampard is still held in, and, and and I think that is why they've rightly done this the way they have done in terms of this statement. But you you have to take emotion out of it. If this was anyone else other than Frank Lampard, would the Chelsea fans be? as supportive of what's going on right now. Were they as supportive when Rich Sarri was going through a very bad run exactly the same time of year two years ago? I remember being at, at, at the games and, and then calling for his head and and you don't know what you're doing, etc, etc. Now, it's, it's totally understandable why there are a lot of Chelsea fans upset about this, but for the last few months, it's not just been the results, it's been the manner of the performances. And then when you go into the level of detail we've gone into and you hear about the sheer level of unrest behind the scenes, the sort of the lack of tactical instruction, it's very sad, but you you can understand why Chelsea have made this decision, especially when you think that by the time they play on Wednesday night, they'll have dropped down another place in the league table because either Southampton or Arsenal will have overtaken them, depending on whatever the the result is between them. Top four is becoming, um, whilst they're still within points range, there's an awful lot of clubs to overtake. Plus, the way they're playing, you, you can't see them sort of turning this around. So, am I surprised? Not with all the information that we've been gathering for months now. So we generally agree that the Leicester game was was the final straw. As Simon mentioned there, stuff going on behind the scenes that certainly I wasn't aware of, Liam. Fallouts with senior players. Now, I think we, we got a hint of this with Marcos Alonso and, and Tony Rudiger, but, but the fact that Lampard was, was supposedly cold with certain members of the squad was a, a bit of a surprise for me. Somebody only recently having retired from, from playing, it may be a lazy assumption on my part, but, but you thought building relationships with players would be one of his strengths. Yeah, and I think it highlights as much as anything um, how different a challenge it is trying to navigate you know, a top-level dressing room when you're the manager as opposed to a senior player. Because, as you say, there aren't many people on this planet that would have had more experience of being in elite football dressing rooms and knowing how they work and, and, and the kind of dynamics socially that are at play um, than Frank Lampard. He spent his entire career virtually in those situations. But when you're the manager, people look at you differently. They expect different things of you. You have to act differently than if you were just one of the players. And, you know, certain players felt like they were ignored for months. There was a perception that Lampard only really dealt with the players that he liked and trusted. Uh, and and that long term is a dynamic that that pretty much no manager can succeed in. Uh, let's get to some listener questions. Here's Neil writing. Why did the club wait until after the cup game to make the decision with only two days until a crucial game against Wolves rather than after the Leicester game with essentially a free hit of Luton? Also, why did the club agree to the Tamori deal if Frank was being sacked? 
Simon, it, it does feel like the, after the Leicester game would have been the logical time to do it. Is it something to do with the, with the replacement as to why the delay was there or, or was there a willingness to give him a third chance? No, absolutely. It was all about the replacement and no club is going to, or no, Chelsea can be accused of any, of many things, but even they're not silly enough to get rid of a manager without having the, the replacement lined up. And, and that is why when we wrote the original uh, news story at the, at the beginning of the month and we, and we were talking about Frank's position being under threat, um, people were demanding more detail, etc. It, it is because the negotiation process and talking to various candidates was was underway, and until they could get the man they really wanted, and there were quite a few names discussed. And it, as Dom and I wrote in a piece last week, it was very much leaning towards a German-speaking coach. But it was a tough process in terms of could they get the man they wanted to take over now? Because it's a yes, it's a very attractive job, but it's also a, quite a difficult one. In terms of sort of taking over mid-season, um, you know, some managers may want to sort of wait a while, and I think Thomas Tuchel, um, who of course is going to replace Lampard, uh, needed some convincing of that. But that's why it's sort of happened now. Um, the Leicester game, as we kind of infer in the piece, was the time when Frank Lampard he looked, he he knew his days were numbered. He walked around the dressing room, um, shaking hands with players, thanking them for their efforts. He knew it was a matter of when, not if. Um, but it was just a matter of when Chelsea could get this uh, get Tuchel over the line. As for Tamori, I, I just think Tamori, you, you can't forget that Tamori was pushing for this too. Um, he's sort of been around Chelsea long enough now where he's worried about about his playing time um, and perhaps just thought the best thing for him, regardless of the manager situation, is to get out and play. And, and don't forget with Tuchel coming in, this is going to be great news for Rudiger. It might not necessarily be great news for the likes of Tamori. We'll get to Tuchel shortly. I just want to finish up on on Frank Lampard. Don, what do you think his legacy is as as Chelsea manager? What's he going to be remembered for the most? Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham, Reese James, uh, Billy Gilmore. I mean, the succession of of young players that were offered their chance that 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 got Chelsea through a, an awkward season last year where not many people thought they would qualify for the Champions League and finish in that top four, and they did. Um, yeah, there were some dodgy patches along the way, but they, they achieved it in a in a difficult season. Um, I think the, the general tone of uh, the academy, those around the academy were enthused by Lampard's original appointment. Um, the fact that he was flanked by Jody Morris, who, who'd worked so much in, with the academy. And I think that that enthusiasm was justified on, on that basis. Uh, you know, yes, you can argue that the likes of Kepa and uh, even Kai Havertz to a certain extent they might their valuations probably have dropped quite a fair bit um, this season, uh, in particular, um, and that that has cost Chelsea money. Although that money, those players can be rebuilt potentially, but Lampard has has left Chelsea with a three, four, five, six players, young players, who have now been had had prolonged periods in that first team, have played European football in the Champions League and their value will have soared as a result and, and their careers can still soar as a result. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. stuck at home, bored of Netflix, and realise there's a reason people only play Scrabble once a year, well, The Athletic is coming to your rescue. With the help of our friends at Prostate Cancer UK, we'll be putting on 31 football quizzes across February and March to find our most knowledgeable subscriber and, of course, to raise money for a very important cause. Prostate Cancer UK help fund life-saving research and provide valuable support and information for men and their partners affected or worried about prostate cancer. We'll be encouraging you to donate money on the night for a great cause. We'll be running a quiz for every team we cover, plus one each for the Bundesliga, Serie A and La Liga. The winners of each quiz will go through to our grand final at the end of March, where there's a very nice £1,000 up for grabs, and we'll match this with a donation to Prostate Cancer UK. The quizzes will be hosted by the correspondent for that club or league, and you'll be able to team up with anyone in your household to play. Sign up for a free 30-day trial with The Athletic at theathletic.com slash PCUK and register to play the quiz. That's theathletic.com slash PCUK. So there's this game coming up against Wolves on Wednesday. Liam, do we know who's going to be picking the team for that? Is, is, is Tuchel going to have something to do with it? Will, will it be one of the, the staff left behind? We hear Jody Morris is leaving with Frank. You'd expect the other coaches to go too. It's not entirely clear yet in terms of the time frame of of Tuchel coming in, but we do know there's a, a desire um, at Chelsea to have him in place for the Wolves game on Wednesday. Now, what form that takes is another question, whether he has time to actually um, take some training and stand on the touchline or whether he's just overseeing things and then properly starting you know for the Burnley game we'll see um, but Chelsea want him in as soon as possible it's a big reason why they took this decision now uh, because they didn't have any confidence in Lampard's ability to deliver results in the next two Premier League games and, and beyond that and they wanted to give Tuchel as much time to turn around what they perceive to be um, a season that was in danger of being lost. So as Simon and Liam have said, Thomas Tuchel, seemingly the man who's coming in, not confirmed at the time of recording, uh, our colleague Rafa Honigstein reporting Tuchel understood to currently be in Germany, subject to a negative Covid test, he should arrive in the UK in the next 48 hours. Uh, Simon, he wasn't the only contender though, was he? There were a a couple of other German speaking and indeed German managers who were considered yeah, for sure. Um, Ralph Rangnick, um, of course, Julian Nagelsmann, who was who was on the uh, the Plan B list as far as 
long uh, long ago as last sort of this time last year when Pochettino was also um, already being earmarked as a possible contender. Um, I, I know that there were certainly admiring glances cast at the Austrian, but still German-speaking, Ralph Hassenhuttle, for the job he's done at Southampton. Um, and, and as sort of the piece that Dom and I did about German-speaking, sort of explaining why they were going down this route, is 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 because of the manner in, in which these guys operate and, and the sort of the Jurgen Klopp effect. The really interesting thing is that Thomas Tuchel is the one they've chosen because he, out of all of them, is perhaps the most um, compatible or or certainly has shown that um, he's not uh, shy to speak his mind. So one does have to wonder if um, the club can uh, maintain harmony um, within its ranks or are we just going to see a repeat of this situation in 18 months' time? But, um, of course, a lot depends on results, as it always does at Chelsea Football Club. Dom, do you think he would have been first choice if he was still in a job? No. I think it's a remarkable appointment for the for the reasons that Simon's just outlined really. This is a <laughs> obviously obviously he can he can learn from his experiences at PSG where there were issues with the hierarchy. You'd like to think he could learn from them anyway. But I to me instinctively this looks like an accident waiting to happen in terms of and a, a combative, volatile coach. Yes, brilliant with what he did at, at uh, Borussia Dortmund and 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 the success he enjoyed at PSG, getting PSG to the Champions League final last season, together with all their domestic honours. But but he will he will great. He will fight his corner. He will have disagreements with the hierarchy and if Chelsea's hierarchy fall out with Frank Lampard who is a club icon and someone that is completely at ease in these surroundings um, then surely this is going to be more like the Conte situation or or, you know Mourinho at his spiky vest back in 2006-2007 I mean it just seems inevitable that there will be there will be fractured moments ahead, um, and I'm putting that kindly. Uh, let's hope there's a honeymoon period first that we get to enjoy some success, and uh, he can continue. We can certainly put Chelsea back on the right path after this this recent run, but I really don't see anywhere other than this going towards towards issues with between hierarchy and manager eventually. Dom, shall we start working on the long read now then? <laughs> Listeners, he's been working on that for about 10 minutes, that joke. <laughs> you give me too much credit. <laughs> Just finally to follow up on what Dom said, I think, you know, the way this has all ended um, with Lampard, I think it does bear a, a serious question um, of Chelsea as to whether there is actually a coach anywhere in Europe who could work for a sustained period of time in this club, this unique club culture. Um, Because if Lampard, who, okay, he's inexperienced, it was inevitable that he was going to make mistakes on and off the pitch here and there and maybe mishandle certain situations. But he did have an existing relationship with Roman Abramovich. He had an existing relationship with Marina Granovskaya. He was teammates for about a decade with Petr Cech and won everything there was to win. Um, and he was so recently a player that 
you know, he can, he could relate to a lot of the players he was managing. If he couldn't find a way to actually have a sustainable future in this job and, and see out his contract, it, it's fair to wonder if there is a coach out there who, who can do it. Maybe when he comes back for his second spell in a few years' time, that'll be the one that fits. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Um, a couple more on Tuchel before we go. First of all, we're going to need to work out whether it's Tuchel or Tuchel. Um, hopefully he'll be kind enough to, to tell us that. Um, Liam, your specialist subject, Kai Havertz, how, how big a factor the form of him and, and Timo Werner? And actually, I would put Christian Pulisic in this category as well at the moment because he's been way below his best. How big a factor in, in choosing Tuchel as, as those three players been? Because, of course, he, uh, he had Pulisic at Dortmund, didn't he? Yeah, well, it was obviously Simon and Dom wrote that excellent piece last week on why Chelsea's next manager was likely to speak German. And I think, you know, that was the headline, but I think there was slightly more nuance to the situation in that it's not it's not Tuchel's German language skills which are the deciding factor here. I mean, Havertz and Werner both speak very good English, um, so so that is not necessarily the issue. I think the the priority... And it's certainly not the only priority. One of the things that's been stressed to me even today is that while, you know, Havertz and Werner might be significant considerations because they were the two marquee signings of last of the last transfer window and, and their underperformance has been one of the main themes of this season, it wasn't the only reason. You don't make a decision that affects an entire squad based on any two players. Um, but I think the fact that Tuchel, Nagelsmann, Rangnick, these are all guys that come from the German school of coaching. They speak the same football language um, as much as, you know, German or English um, as as the culture of football that Havertz and Werner have come from. And I think that that has been a consideration here. There's no denying that. But fundamentally, they're hiring Tuchel because they think he's he's a very good coach who can make an immediate impact. And something a lot of listeners have got in touch with us about with a slightly concerned tone to their tweets is, is the futures of the academy players. Here's Chelsea Time asking, what are his views on our academy players? James, Mount, Callum, etc. Is their game time in jeopardy? Uh, it's a difficult one, Simon, isn't it? Because obviously the the key thing is getting into the top four and a new manager might decide that experienced players are the way to, 
go to achieve that. But then you look at his record with that Dortmund team uh, initially, it, it was full of young players that could go could go either way, couldn't it? Yeah, and yeah, I mean, you're right to say, Matt, that it is too early to say. And, and essentially everyone's on trial now, but you, you would have to sort of suspect that there's going to be a very strong German spine um, to this team. I, I'd be amazed if uh, Tony Rudiger... Um, doesn't suddenly find himself back in the team um, with Havertz and Werner as well. And then Christian Pulisic, obviously his relationship with, with Tuchel is is, uh, is is from the past. So I would imagine there are a lot of academy boys um, that are worried for sure. But then if you're someone like Mason Mount, who wore the captain's armband on, on Sunday, how short-lived was that uh, um glorious moment for him um, I'm sure he's gutted right now given the relationship he has with Lampard but given the way he's played and Reese James for example they must sort of think look maintain these standards and he will have to continue to pick us because those two I mean Reese James has looked a bit ropey since he came back from injury but those two generally have been two of Chelsea's best performers but they're going to have to show it probably now more than ever in training because they know that the guy that was most willing to pick them and his assistants, of course, Jody Morris and Joe Edwards, um, aren't going to be having their say anymore. The thing to say about Tuchel in this regard is that, you know, when he was at Borussia Dortmund, he did play younger players. But Borussia Dortmund is a club that has a long-standing institutional commitment to developing young talent. Chelsea doesn't have that. You know, that that commitment came from Lampard, he created the pathway from the academy to the first team. Uh, and so if that commitment is going to be made now, it will have to come from Tuchel. But, I, you know, I think following on from, from what Simon said, I think it's understandable that quite quite a few of the academy boys will be slightly concerned right now. Um, but when you're talking about people like Mason Mount and Reese James, and Tammy Abraham, I think their mentality will probably be that they will be approaching this as established first team players now and that they, they will feel that they've got as good a chance as anyone to impress Tuchel and make themselves important to him. Surely the the new manager picks the the, the players who are in form. I mean that's that's his, what he's gonna that's gonna be his instinct initially. Yes, he might he might go with a with Rudiger and Thiago Silva, who he, he knows and he admired in previous roles. But those guys are in the team anyway at the moment in, in the in the Premier League side. Um, he, you know, Tammy Abraham's just scored a hat trick. He's he's riding the crest of a wave. He, he'll he'll presumably be in with as good a chance as anyone that's starting up front in the week. And I'm quite interested that in Frank Lampard's last two games, he sort of changed it to a four two three one and and attempted to use Havertz and then Werner as a as a 10 or a second striker, uh, almost as a desperate last last attempt to, to show that he, he maybe can could get something out of those two players. But, but surely those are the same tactics that, that Tuchel will use as well, that he'll try and tap into what Werner offers. The thing that intrigues me is that I wonder what the atmosphere would have been like at Stamford Bridge on Wednesday night had there been fans there. Would, would we have been going back to a sort of Sunderland at home um, following the last mid-season sacking of a, a Chelsea manager back in 20, late 2015 with with Jose Mourinho and you know the rats and the placards and the snakes and all that all that all that business and the people taking it out on the players or and and indeed on the board. I mean, it, it, it would have been intriguing to see 
to to feel experience that atmosphere on Wednesday night had there been fans present. I think the people that I or the players that should be most worried, or, or certainly I'm most worried for, are the ones that haven't had a chance to establish themselves. The the the, the development squad ones, the the ones that were really starting to knock on the door. We're talking sort of the Lewis Bates, um, Tino Andrews, who played a few times, um, so on and so forth. I could go through, there's a long list of them. Livermento, Soons Up Bell, etc. Those are the ones that you sort of think they haven't had a chance to play for Chelsea yet. They haven't had a chance to forge their reputation. And, and now Tuchel's going to be in the same position as all Chelsea managers that have been in the past. This pressure of being a top four club I know Chelsea will be sort of saying that isn't the reason. There are other reasons, factors involved, but top four football is is a must for Chelsea. They're they're a club that, in the last five years, six years, have have, have been in and out of the competition, or certainly not thrived in the competition. You have to worry about how they're going to play against Atletico Madrid in the last sixteen, as things stand. But yeah, I do I do sort of fear what kind of message this will send out to the academy who have enjoyed the, the best sort of era in the over the last 18 months simply because there was that joined up thinking between first team and and the youth side yeah that's just one of the many elements of this story which are going to be fascinating to see how they develop one thing is for certain it is never dull following chelsea football club Okay, that's just about it for this week. Uh, At this point, we'd normally talk about what the chaps are writing, but I think we can make a reasonable assumption about what the subject matter will be over the next week. Uh, Remember, if you're not currently a subscriber to The Athletic, you can sign up now for just £3.99 a month for the first six months. Just go to theathletic.com slash Chelsea pod. Many thanks again for your company today, listener. If you like what you hear and you'd like to rate, review and subscribe, that would be tremendous. It also helps other Chelsea fans to find us. My thanks to Dom, to Simon, Liam and to producer Adonis. We'll be back same time next week for now though from all of us here it's goodbye the athletic